anointing. Thank you, God, for coming by and, and visiting with us, Lord, mere humanity, Father, but yet we're your children. And, Lord, we're leaning upon the everlasting arm tonight. We're not relying on our own human abilities, Lord. But, Father, we're just going to do our part this evening to get ourselves out of the way. And, Lord, we want you to speak. Lord, we're asking that you will speak. And God, I ask that not only will you anoint the lips of the speaker, but, Father, I want you to anoint the ears of the hearer tonight, that they can hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. Father, how we love you and how we're thankful for this moment. We pray you'll bless the service now, Father. Every aspect, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, let's, can you guys hear me out there? I can't hardly hear my, yeah, yeah, just a little bit. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Levi, work with me. <laughs> amen, amen. We, I don't have any specials. I left all my songbirds at home this weekend. Uh, but it's certainly a, an honor to be back with you this weekend. And we bring you greetings from our pastor, Brother Tim, the home church. Brother Aaron says to send his greetings. So, uh, But it's honored. we're honored to be here. We're, we're thankful for the invitation. And like Brother Sam had said, it's been close to almost a year since we've been here last, and we've just now successfully been on the field full time for the past year. And, you know, the Lord has done the miraculous. Uh, time will not be able to tell if I had time tonight just to go into, you know, how God has moved this past year, uh, how he's allowed uh, just the ministry to grow, to develop, to minister to hearts and lives. And so tonight, we just want to give ourselves to him. If you could take the treble out and give me some bass, that'd be wonderful. Uh, I will say this tonight, as I was in prayer on Wednesday morning, if I'm not mistaken, just had my time of devotion and, and reading the Bible and, and just talking to the Lord and just asking the Lord, Lord, what would you have me to speak this weekend? I kind of had a direction for tomorrow morning. I already had that settled and really good and anchored in there. And I thought that I hadn't spoke yet. I said, well, Lord, what would you have me to speak for Saturday night? And it sure is, is just Brother Sam just sitting there. And before I got up from prayer, he just dropped this in my heart. He said, listen to the voice. So tonight, by God's grace, I'm going to speak to you on a thought on listen to the voice. Notice I didn't say a voice, but listen to the voice. So we're going to look here in Revelations 3. And if you look in Revelations 2 and you look in Revelations 3, we find that this is the scope of scriptures that actually encompassed the whole of the Gentile church. And we find here, we're going to look in our age, which is going to be Revelations 3 and 14. It says, unto the angel, notice who is directed, to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, right? These things saith the amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, notice the condition of the church. Thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot. I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and I'm increased with goods. I have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and blind, and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and that thou and white raiment, and thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness 
do not appear, and anoint thy eyes with eyesalve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear my voice. I want you to understand, this is not a prophet speaking to you. This is not a preacher speaking to you. This is not a deacon speaking to you. This is not a mom or a dad speaking to you. But this is your Savior begging with you. He says, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. I'm pleading with you. If you will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and I will sup with him and he with me. And to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and I'm set down with the Father in His throne. He that hath an ear. I want you to underline this, highlight this in your Bible. Make sure you make mention of this. This is to every church age. When Jesus finishes a directing to that church age, He says, let he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. God bless you tonight, saints. I'm actually going to change over to this. There's no holy cows, but that's a live mic. Woo! Everybody awake tonight. <clears throat> All right. Well, we're here. We are here tonight. My, 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 my. Well, there are some holy cows, but they're not in America. So we find here that I want to speak to you, as like I said, listen to the voice. There's going to be some things spoken tonight you may not agree with, but I'm asking you to listen to the voice. There's going to be things that maybe go against your teaching, things that you've been taught all your life, but I want you to listen to the voice tonight. Hear what the Spirit is saying, not what man had told you down through the ages, not what mom or dad or this one or that one has transcended down because it's become a tradition. But I want you tonight, honestly, in your heart, say, God, I want to listen with my heart. I want to hear the voice of the Spirit tonight. So I'm asking you, notice, there are many voices in the land today. But tonight, we want to listen to that voice. You know, when, when Elijah or Elisha was on the backside of the mountain there and he was in the cave running from his life, that was Elijah, running from his life and there was an earthquake. God wasn't in the earthquake. There was this and there was that and God wasn't in any of those things. And you would think, why well, my God should be in all the ruckus because wherever God is, there's noise, right? But he wasn't in all that noise, but it was in the still small voice that he heard the voice of God. Now notice his ears had to be trained to hear. Get, look beyond all the excitement. Look beyond all the noise and the chaos and the ruckus. Look beyond all the fanaticism that followed there. But he had to listen for the voice. And when he was listening for the voice, he stepped out of the cave. Here am I, my Lord. So I ask you tonight, listen for that voice. And we find here in John 10, we just kind of follow through with me tonight. I got plenty of notes and we got all night long. So 
We find here in John 10 and verse 27, the Bible clearly states, my sheep. Amen. How many sheep do I have out here this evening? Come on, church. Sheep. I'm talking about sheep. Put both hands up, sheep. We're sheep tonight. My sheep do what? They hear my voice. So we find that word here means to attend to. Because many of you are hearing me right now, but are you hearing the voice? So we can hear a lot of times we hear, and it can be just as we would call it back home, background noise. You hear things, but it's you're not really hearing it, but you're listening and it's there. But this word here means to attend, to consider what is being said, to understand, to perceive the sense of what is being said. So we find that the sheep, now sheep may hear a lot of voices. Could you imagine being a part of a sheep, a flock of sheep? Matt, 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 Matt. Everywhere is just Matt. Noise everywhere, right? Voices everywhere. And there's shepherds all throughout the land. And they can hear the voice of that shepherd. And they may hear the voice of that shepherd. But notice they only attend to, they only understand that voice of their shepherd. And they notice their safety and, and their protection doesn't consist in knowing who they're, all these other voices. Their protection consists in knowing that all these other voices is not the voice of their shepherd. And when you fully can hear the voice of the shepherd, when you're listening for that voice, then you'll drown out all these other voices. You'll drown out all these other voices and they will say, well, it's always been like this. This is the way mama told me or this is the way granddaddy told me or this is the way this one told me and this one told me. But I'm asking you tonight, is it the voice of God? It may be true for that day, but what about this day what about this hour what about the voice speaking to you tonight I want you to hear the voice of almighty God look past the veil look past the humanity and hear the voice let the voice speak to you tonight your safety tonight does not consist in your pastor your safety tonight doesn't consist in the deacons of this church. Let me just say it like this. Your safety tonight does not consist in William Marion Brown. Your safety tonight consists in do you hear that voice? Because if you can hear that voice, then you can see where that voice is spoken. You can see that vessel by which that voice has anointed to speak through. And when you can understand that he sent you a prophet in this hour, it can show not only who the voice and where the voice is at, but it vindicates who you are. That you recognize I am bride because I hear the voice of the word of God speaking to me, telling me who I am. Notice my sheep here. They're hearing it. They're receiving it. It's not just a bunch of noise. Now I want you to follow me with this. My sheep hear my voice. And notice this is, this is in red in my Bible. I trust it's red in your Bible. So being red, this is not a prophet. Not just a man. But this is Jesus speaking to you. Notice my sheep, he's saying you, my sheep, you're hearing my voice. But not only that, 
He says, I know them and they follow me. You know, it's one thing that he hears the voice of the sheep or the voice of the sheep hear his voice. But it's another thing to know that the shepherd knows who you are. It's one thing to claim that you know God sent a prophet, but it's another thing when God puts his stamp of approval on you and gives you the Holy Ghost and says, I've received you. You are my sheep. You are part of my flock. And I am your shepherd. And the old church, what a wonderful thing tonight to know that the shepherd knows your name. And if he knows your name, he knows your situation. He knows your trials. He knows your sickness. He knows what you're going through. That shepherd knows all about you tonight. You're hearing his voice and he's attending to your needs. Oh my. We look here in Matthew 7 and verse 22 as I just, I just want to take my time and build a platform tonight. The Bible says, many will say to me in that day, well, Lord, have not I prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works. You know, if we're just carnal outside looking in, we'd think, my, whoo, what a ministry. But notice verse 23. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. That word knew there means I never had knowledge. You never were in my thinking. But see, because you were in the back part of God's mind, when God thought all about it, when before he blew the worlds off his hand, you were in God's thinking. And we find here, we find those that do great works. They've done great things. And yet he's professing, I never knew you. I never was acquainted with you. You were never in my thinking. But my sheep hear my voice. And I know I'm acquainted. I have a relationship with them that goes beyond the pews. I have a relationship with them that goes beyond the trials. I have a relation with, relationship with them that goes beyond the family strains and the family dynamics. But I have a relationship that goes beyond the stars. A relationship that goes beyond time. A relationship that was foreordained, predestinated in the back part of God's mind. God saw you as he told Jeremiah, before you were ever formed in your mother's womb, I ordained you. That's why you're here tonight. Because God has ordained you to hear the voice. It's not by mistake, church, that you're here. It's not by, let me say it again. It's not a mistake tonight that you're hearing the voice. That the message of the hour come across your path. Some of you may be struggling about the message. But I'm here to declare to you, it's the voice of God. It's the voice of God for this hour. It's the look. If you go back in Revelations two, you find that God spoke to the angel of every church age, and that angel was the voice to that age. It wasn't his message; it was a message from God. But God took that message, spoke it through an individual, and that individual went out and spread it. And those that had ears to hear. They heard the voice. They heard the voice. See, sheep, sheep can be lost for a long time. 
Sheep can be lost for a long time. The Bible would tell us in John 6 and 39, and this is the Father's will which has sent me, that all which he hath given me, I should not lose nothing. What a God we serve tonight. Think about God rich in mercy. All that God, you know, how many of you have ever lost anything in your life? Maybe something that you thought was so precious and you lost it. Man, it just tore you up. I hate losing things. You know, I'm a little bit of an OCD type person and I know where I put it. I can have it in my mind that's there. And when I lose it, it just turns my world upside down. I can't quit thinking about it. I go, I retrace myself over and over and over and over and over and over. But you know what? God's not like you and I. We can lose things. We can misplace things. But God said it may be that that sheep has gone a long time. But he says that that sheep was ever in my thinking. If that sheep was ever in my mind, no matter what that sheep has gone through, no matter how the drugs and how the alcohol and how the broken home and the broken marriage it doesn't matter I'm not going to lose any of them they will be there I will have my sheep oh what a God that we serve what a savior that we serve tonight he, do, he refuses to lose one of his I say you might as well throw your hands up sheep because God's already claimed you just listen to the voice tonight speaking to you You may be a sheep here tonight and you may be struggling. You may be struggling because we're sheep and we struggle. Sometimes we struggle to know the truth. Sometimes we struggle to get past our own humanity. Sometimes we struggle with our own complexes. Sometimes we struggle with our own failures. But you're sheep. Come on, somebody, you're sheep tonight. Oh, look, if you can't say amen, say, bad. I'm a sheep. By Almighty God, look, you came back and left. There was a bag inside of you. Because why? Because other animals don't make that noise. But sheep make that noise. Let me tell you, not everybody can shout amen. But those sheep, they hear the word and they say amen, Lord. That's nothing but the truth, God. That's the say of the Lord. And they say amen back to the word. He shows you who you are tonight. Sheep may go a long time. I was a sheep. I was a sheep. Brother Glenn, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Matter of fact, I grew up in a broken home. Parents divorced when I was two years old. Watched my parents do drugs. Watched my mom black out. Watched my dad live with other women. My mom with other men. I watched it. We were there. My brother and sister, we were stolen from our parents. My dad would steal us for months on end from my mom and dad or from my mom and race around the little town about this size here trying to escape so he can keep his boys. I didn't have a great upbringing. But before all that ever took place, God put something right here. I didn't know anything about that seed. I had no desire at that time. All I saw was a failed marriage, a broken home, drugs and alcohol. And I said, I will never, ever live like that. And when I got to the age of, in my teenage years, guess what happened? Though I made that vow, I began to go drink. And I began to go party. And I began to go do this and go do that. And I began to do things that I vowed I would never do. And as a lost sheep, I strayed away. Oh, church, 
But what I'm telling you tonight, when I was 20-something years old and, and, and uh, driving down the road at 120-something miles an hour, there's a voice came in my car and said, turn your car around. It didn't say it once. It said it twice. He said, turn your car around. And I drove back home and I got down beside my bread, brother Sam, and I began to pray. I didn't know how to pray, but something cried out, God, if you don't change me, Lord, I'm going to take my life. And God came down and God changed me and God made me what I am before you today. Why? Because I was always a sheep. And I had to recognize that as the voice of God. That was the first and only time I ever heard an audible voice. But I can tell you, you say, brother, how you know that was real? Because I'm standing before you today 20 plus years later, saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, and I have been baptized. I didn't know what God had for me, but God did. See, God is determined, I'm not going to lose one of my sheep. See, God has determined, and God has determined that He has an ordained way of speaking. You know, how many of you believe God is God? If God wanted to, He could have this piano preach the gospel. He could. He's a creator. God is God. If he wanted to, he can have these pews jump up and shout and preach the gospel. But you know, God, God is God. But God has an ordained way. God has an ordained method. How many of you know what that way is? The Bible tells us in Amos 3, 7, put that up there. Amos 3, 7 says, but surely the Lord thy God will do nothing but what? He revealeth his secrets to his servants, the prophets. So God has an ordained method by which he speaks into the believer. And if we look here and we find tonight in 2 Peter 1 and verse 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. It doesn't come by man just thinking about these things. And oh, I'm going to say this and oh, I'm going to say that. No, but holy men of God, they spake and they were moved by the Holy Ghost. God has always, always, always used man. Man has always been God's mouthpiece to speak the word, to save the lost, to heal the sick, to raise the dead. God has always used man. Man is God's agent. If man is God's agent back then, then man is God's agent tonight, church. Well, bro, Joe, I got a hard time with man. Well, good. Man has a hard time with you. You know, we, how many of you don't have quirks? Don't raise your hand because you'd be lying and you're in the house of God tonight. But we all do. We all are quirky. We're all different. Not one of us is identical. Not one of us is the same. Not one of you have my thoughts not, and I don't have your thoughts. But yet we're still children of God. And so we find here in the Ephesian church age, Paul is... Or John is telling the church, he says, he that hath an ear, let him hear. See, we all have ears that can hear. Not just natural ears, because some are small like mine. Some are big. I'm not going to pick anybody that's got these big old wobbly ears. But, we, you know, there's different sizes. 
but we all have ears. God is, if you're a child of God tonight, a real seed of God, whether you're man or whether you're woman, God has placed a spiritual heart on the inside, and he's given you ears that can hear the Spirit. To discern the Spirit of God. Is that of man or is that of God? And a lot of times, you got to look past this. Because this right here, a lot of times, gets in the way. Well, I don't like how he shouts. I don't like how he prays. I don't like how he got no hair. I don't like how loud he is. I don't like how long he is. Oh, my, y'all getting quiet on me, huh? None got hung up. But see, if, if we allow ourselves to look at the veil, and we look at the vessel, and maybe that vessel ain't quite the vessel you like. Or maybe you like a teacher. And that's great because God's ordained teachers. Or maybe you want a dignified pastor. That's okay. As long as he's dignified and hearing the voice of God and speaking it back to you. But you got to look past the humanity and hear the voice. And we're going to get into that here in just a little bit. Because as Brother, Brother Sam said, you know, I got liberty tonight. So I, I'm go- I came too far to speak 45 minutes. I know some of you only want a 45-minute message. You came to the wrong church tonight. I don't preach 45 minutes. I may preach 45 minutes three or four times, but it don't matter. I'll tell you when it's up and we'll restart. But if you're hearing the voice of God tonight, you don't care when the clock started. And you don't care when the clock ends. You're concerned about one thing. Speak to me tonight, Lord. Let me hear your voice tonight, Lord. I got needs in my body. I need to hear tonight. I need to receive tonight. I need to be healed tonight. I need to be delivered tonight. Let me hear the voice of God. Notice. It may be, Brother Bram says, it may be millions will hear this, these words or read them, but how many will pay heed to them? There's a lot of people tonight across the land, they have had a message book maybe put in their hand, and they just discard it. Some have come to the message because they were ripping off pages in a bathroom stall over in Africa. And came to the Lord. And came to accept the message of the hour. But some discarded. Others thought that was treasure. Because they were hearing the voice of God. Notice now. But he who will lend. I want you to pay attention. Because you got a part to play tonight. He who will lend his ear. To want to know the words or truth. Will find the spirit of God enlightening him. He. Let's just say it. She, us, that will give our ears to hear the truth. You know, in order to hear the truth, you have to drown out all the other voices. Yes, sir. You know, when I gave my heart to the Lord, I came into Baptist church. I know all about the Baptist doctrine. I grew up in it. I was three or four or five years in the Baptist church. A lot of Baptist friends. I mean, I had them all over the place. But you know what? Even before I gave my heart to the Lord, I had my questions. How can you go out with me on Friday night? How can you go out with me on Saturday night? And we, we get toasted. Y'all know what that word means? Toasted? I mean, you get slammed drunk, right? You can't walk. But on Sunday morning, man, you're Mrs. Dignified or Mr. Dignified. You're in the house of God worshiping, and it's okay because once saved, always saved. And I'm like, what did God save you from? 
what did God do for you? But I can tell you what he did for me when I gave my heart to the Lord. He took the desire of drinking out. He took the desire to cuss and use foul language out. He took the desire to go womanize. He took those things out. And I knew then that I got saved. And it wasn't passed down from some church bishop or some church hierarchy. But God had met me because I'd heard the voice that said, Call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. And God did this work. And I'm standing here before you tonight, 20-something years later, as a testimony that God can, God will, and God's still calling. God's still moving. God's still drawing sons and daughters of God to himself. But you gotta, you got to lend your ear. So you got to lend your ear. So I had to put all the, I had to put all, you know, when I, I used to work at a sporting goods store. And one of the guys in the store, he made fun of this other guy. I don't know who he was, but he said, oh, you know, he done got born again. And he quit his drinking and he quit his drugs and he quit his partying and he quit his womanizing. And he made fun of him. And so that kind of stuck me. And I was like, man, I don't want to tell nobody about this. You know, God was dealing with me. I don't tell nobody about it. They're going to make fun of me. Oh, Joe done got born again. Become a holy roller. Well, I mean, there ain't no holy roller in the Baptist church, y'all. Sorry, newsflash. They ain't there. I've been there. I've been to Methodist. I've been to Pentecostal. I went to all of them searching. I spent four or five years searching. And then all of a sudden, one day I got an invitation to go to Brother Tim Pruitt's church. And when I walked in that church, it only took one service, Brother Sam. And I knew this was what I was looking for. How do I know that? Because I heard the voice. There was something pulling. There was something drawing. I couldn't be satisfied in the Methodist church. I wasn't satisfied in the Baptist church. I wasn't satisfied in the Pentecostal or the Assembly of God church. But when I walked through those doors and I saw the believers raising their hand and worshiping and praising God, I don't understand what that man said I can't tell you what he said but I know what the voice said this is where you belong and I ain't never looked back church and I'll tell you don't look back tonight if you're hearing that voice and that voice is telling you this is the truth this is the word this is the message of the hour Hear the voice that put everything else aside put it aside and hear what God is saying I can't go back and fix my history I'm not trying to go back and undo everything that I did. I'm just going forward with the voice. Notice, but he, I can't even get off this one quote yet. But he who will lend, oh my. How many of you tonight want to lend that ear? God, I want to lend my ear to it. God, I want to know the words of truth. He says, if you will lend your ear and you want to know the words of truth, you will find the Spirit of God enlightening you. What's that mean? God will make known His Word. God will break forth revelation upon revelation upon revelation. Or maybe you don't understand it in your own humanity. There's a lot of times I read, and I don't understand it with my own humanity. I'm not an intellectual giant. But what God reveals to me, you can't talk me out of it. I heard Brother Ron Spencer say on the way up here, he says, you can't, he goes, what they can't see, you can't unsee. 
Did you let that sink in? What they can't see, because the Bible says, blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Let me tell you, what they can't hear, you can't unhear it. What they can't see, you can't unsee it. Why? Because the voice is calling you. The voice is pulling on you. The voice is telling you, you don't belong out there, but you belong here. You belong with the sheep. You belong in the flock. You belong a part of the household of God. Quit kicking against it. Quit kicking against it. Quit digging up the past and say, God, let me hear the voice. Notice. Where am I at? If you're, notice, if your ear is open. You got that right there, Sister Charity? If your ear is open to the word, the Spirit of God will make that word real. To you. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'll get a little bit emotional. Because why? Because my ear was open. There was a time my ear was closed to it. But God drugged me and drugged me through the, uh, through, the, through the shadows of humanity. And my life was wasted. And I wanted to commit suicide. But I'll let me tell you, one day I opened my ear. And when I was able to open my ear and say, God, I want to be changed. I don't want to continue down this road. I don't want to continue to live this life. What did he do? He gave me a spirit to receive his spirit. And I heard the word of God. And I never, ever, ever have had a desire to go back. Brother EJ, I've never had a desire to go back and drink another bottle. I never had a desire to go back to a bar and see what it's all about. How has it changed since my day? Never. No, God. God took those things out because I had an ear that was willing to hear. I didn't understand the message when it came across my path. I thought they were following a man. I told my mom. She grew up in the message. She was in it when, when I was two years old and they backslid her and my dad got divorced. But I didn't know anything about this message. I thought they were following a man. I thought they were some cult. Some of you don't be laughing because you got the same thought or you've had it. Some of you struggling with it right now. But you know what I did? I took me some tapes home, Brother Sam. I said, who am I? What am I, some, some theologian? What am I, some somebody that I can tell this man is wrong because I've been a part of a Baptist church all my life or, or for the last four or five years and I was being uh, asked to be the youth pastor of the church and go to seminary and, and pursue a career in the ministry? I had all that knocking on the door. And as I was entertaining Brother Sam going into the seminary, because that's what you did, right? When you're out in the world, or when you're not out in the world, but when you're in and you're not in the message, you go to seminary and you're gonna get a degree and you're gonna find you a church and you're gonna help that church and you're gonna move up and you're gonna be the pastor one day and you you're gonna have a lot of flock and a lot of problems and a lot of trouble. But Sam don't say amen to that. But it's the truth. And so anyway, where was I going? I'm almost 48, y'all. I'm getting old. So anyway, you know, all this took place. And and I thought, well, I took some tapes home. And I lived about two hours south of Memphis, Tennessee. I lived in a little town called Cleveland, Mississippi. Went to school at Delta State University. Got my degree in accounting and and all that. 
And I, I was in my, my home. I had, a, I had a house that I rented there with some other young men and kind of helping me with the rent. And I was working full time. And, but you know what? I took some tapes home that weekend. I'm like, you know what? I owe it to at least hear what the man has to say. See, I made all this up in my mind, Brother Sam, that, wow, but they're just following the man. But you know what? Started thinking about that Baptist church. Started thinking about that Methodist church. Started thinking about they have, they have a council, right? They have a board. And that board oversees all the Baptist churches. And that board oversees all the Methodist churches. And that board oversees all the Pentecostals, the UPC and the oneness and all that. They have a board. They have a group of men. I'm like, well, if they're following a group of men, I guess it ain't so bad if I follow one man. Okay? So I just said, you know what? I owe it. I'm going to take some tapes home. So I took some tapes home and happened to put it in when he starts talking about that ancient mama woman grounding that plane. And he's at the Peabody. And I've been by the Peabody. I've been down Bill Street. I used to party up and down that place. And I knew all about it. I knew exactly where it was at. So it started hitting home with me. I'm like, wow, this man's been here. And here he's talking about this lady. And he's just going down whistling, I'm one of them. I wish some of us can say that tonight. Let that be your confession. I'm one of them. I'm no longer one of them, but I'm one of man, I'm one of them. I'm a sheep. And I'm hearing the voice of God. And he begins to walk down. And he says, Lord, I'm going to miss my plane. But he just kept on walking and singing. I'm one of them. And finally, the little lynch mama woman hanging on the fence. Been out there since 4 o'clock that morning. How you doing, parson? He said, but how'd you know I was a parson? Because I saw you in a dream. And I've been waiting on you all night. He goes, I got a little son inside there, and he done done something. He's got a venereal disease, and he's lost. Call Parson, uh, uh, you know, I, he goes, I talked to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I be that Shunammite woman. And I got a son out here, and he done got into trouble and got in the world. But, oh, Parson, if you'll send your Elijah, and he'll come by my way, and he can pray for my son. I got faith in the Word. What was it? Let me tell you, she wasn't a part of no message, church, but she heard the voice of God. And the voice of God said, I'm sending the Parson in your way I'm sending the minister your way and when brother Branham got there he says my name is William Branham have you ever heard of me she said no I've never heard of you oh when he walked in there he said Andy won't you just start praying oh I'm sitting here trying to pick it apart this is not right this is not right and I just begin to wilt and I begin to cry because I'm thinking my Look at the love that this man had to go in that time, a time of segregation, to go into the hood, if you'd say the, the shanty part of town, and go up in this little lady's home and lay hands on her son and pray the prayer of faith. And that young man began to come to himself. Oh, church, what am I telling you? I thought I was somebody, but I had to put all my thoughts aside. I had to put all my thinking aside. I had to put all my theology aside. And I had to hear the voice. And and the voice told me, this word is the truth. This is where you are ordained for. You're not going to be successful out there. You're not going to be happy out there. You'll find brokenness out there. But right here is thus saith the Lord. This is where you'll be blessed. This is where I'll bless you. But you got to put it all aside. And open your ear. I ain't even got off that quote. Open your ear to the word. Now, I know because we're all humans. 
No aliens here tonight. Nobody from Mars. I know that they say men are from Mars or Venus or vice versa. We're all from Earth. I'm from glory. You're from glory. We're going back to glory. But church, we got to put all the things that we were ever taught. Put it aside. Put it aside. Say, God, I want to hear the voice. Whatever you were taught about the message, that slant or this, that, and the other, we're going to get there here in just a little bit. But you got to put those things aside and hear the voice of God. I'm going to say this. There's only one voice to an age. I can take you to Revelations 2, to Revelations 3, and I can prove to you by the Bible, to the voice of the church of Ephesus, right? To the voice of the church of Sardis, right? To the church of Thyatira, to the church of Laodicea, to the church of this one and that one. I can show you that God only, always has one voice. But that voice is to be caught by a five-fold ministry and to spread the word out. And God has anointed five-fold ministry, pastors, preachers, teachers, evangelists, missionaries, for what purpose? It's to get the voice out there so people like you, people like me can hear the word and receive the word and be changed by that word. Allow the word to change you. Some, you know, some of us struggle with even coming to the house of God. And yet we want to claim we're Christians. We want to claim, oh, I'm, I, I got me and God got this all worked out. And you can't keep the word. The word says, forsake not the assembling together. That's the word. You take that up with God. But the voice is telling you the same thing. You belong in the house of God. You belong in the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit. You belong where God can get a hold of your heart. You belong where God can change your thinking. This is where you belong. You don't belong at home. You don't belong streaming. You belong in the atmosphere to hear the voice of God. That's where you belong. And if you're a real Christian, that's where you will be. Notice what he says here in Ephesians 8. How tragic it is that this first age did not listen to the Spirit. Now, they had Paul's ministry. You believe Paul to be a prophet? You believe Paul to be the first church age messenger? And here, how tragic it is that this, excuse me, this first age did not listen to the Spirit. Instead, it listened to man. And Jude, if you go to the book of Jude, Jude will tell you to earnestly contend. Contend for what? The faith that was just poured out 30 years ago. The faith that was poured out on the day of Pentecost. I'm contending. I'm exhorting you. Contend for that. And here just 30 short years after Paul's ministry, after the founding of the church at Ephesus, they begin to follow man's idea. They begin to follow man's teaching. They begin to drift away from the voice of that hour, the voice of that day, and they begin to listen to man. And he says, how tragic it is that the first age did not listen to the Spirit. Instead, it listened to man. But thank God in the last age, 
Come on, brother and sister. That's our age. In the last days, there will be a group rise up, the true bride of the last day, and she will listen to the Spirit. In that day of gross darkness, the light will return by the pure word, and we will return to the power of Pentecost. Somebody's going back to Pentecost. Not Azusa Pentecost, but the upper room Pentecost, when God came down in tongues of fire and licks of fire and began to take all the fear out of worship, out of their life. They were afraid of the Romans. They were afraid of the the Sadducees and the Pharisees and they walked out stumbling they walked out with courage they walked out with boldness and they proclaimed the word of God and 3,000 souls were immediately one for the kingdom of God why? because they heard the voice think about 30 years now where are we at 2,000 years? where are we at 60 years past our messenger? see the word Ephesus means aimed at and relaxed the high aspirations of this age that had begun with the fullness of the Spirit, the depth of God, whereby they were aiming at the high calling of God, but they, give, they begin now to give way to a less watchful attitude. God, I don't have to go to church. It's just Brother Sam. Or it's just Brother Matt. Maybe if they got a guest minister. Or Brother Joe's coming. Okay, we'll come. And we play church. I hope you're hearing the voice. Look past this man. I don't know you. And I hadn't talked to your pastor about you. I got here late last night. But this is what God laid on my heart Wednesday morning. It's already in my notes. So God already knew you. God already knew what you're struggling with. And God's telling you, he's giving you another please, pleading with you right here tonight. Come on. Make this. Hear my voice. Hear my voice. Hear my voice. Quit playing church. Quit going through the motions. Notice now, they begin to give way to a less watchful attitude. Well, I don't have to go. Or you know how it is. We, you know, however, ever many of y'all ever been hurt by somebody? Just raise. It's okay to raise your hand tonight because I'm raising my hand. You've been hurt, bro. Sam, close your eyes for a minute. However, many been hurt by your pastor. You've been hurt by a pastor. You know what we do? What do you know what we tend to do in our humanity? I'm never coming back. Oh my. Y'all got quiet. Because it's the truth. Because I've been hurt many a times. And in my mind, that's what I said. And if I listened to the devil's thoughts in my mind, that's what I would have done. But when I'm listening to the voice, he says, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Get back to the house of God and show the people you're a Christian. Prove to them you're not like that first bride. You're not going to fall. You can't fall. You're predestinated not to fall. Though you've been hurt and though you've been wrongfully attacked, it doesn't matter. But our human nature is to pull back and we begin to get a less watchful attitude. A less ardent following of Jesus Christ began to manifest itself as an omen that in the future ages, the physical vehicle called the church would sink to the awfulness of the death of Satan. It had become relaxed and was drifting. This is the first age with Paul. How many of you would love to have heard Paul's message? 30 short years. 
you begin to drift. But you said, I wanted to hear Paul. Then why are you drifting? Can I say this? That we're preaching the same message Paul is preaching? Why are you drifting? Listen to the voice. Listen to that voice. What a people we must be to have a prophet prophesy over us that in the last days there will come a church she will be without spot. She, be, she will be without blemish. Though she's been hurt, though she's been attacked, though she's been accosted, though she's been accused, she will not turn back. She will not back up. God has decreed that he will have a true bride and she will listen only to what the Spirit says. What a people. We're not following the voices of man. That's not what we're here for tonight. We're not following the voices of psychology. We're not following ideologies and dogmas and traditions that have been passed down from generation to generation. To me, this message is more than just a story and more than just stories handed down from one man who may have hunted with Brother Branham. This ain't about Brother Branham. Brother Branham was only the Eliezer. There was a voice behind Brother Branham that had a purpose. Go get me a bride for Isaac. And that's what the purpose of that Elijah ministry has done. And let me just tell you, it has produced a bride. It has produced a bride. And she's riding on the power of the Holy Ghost until she gets to her bridegroom, church. That's it. But you got to fall in love. Look, fall in love. Don't fall in love with Eliezer, but fall in love with your Isaac. Well, I've never seen Isaac, but he's telling you all about him. He's telling you what kind of God he is. He's a God who is rich in mercy. He is God who is beautiful. He is God who is loving. He is a God that's a healer. He's a God that'll love you. He's a God that'll lift you up. Oh, that's what I'm in love with tonight. I'm in love with my God, not my prophet. Notice in John 5 and verse 19. Then answered Jesus and he said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you. You know, sometimes we have to back the scripture up by claiming Jesus said it. Kind of like we have to say, well, this was after 1963. Because some people now, they done got so dignified in the message. I guess the prophet only became a prophet after the seals were open. But here he's saying, this is read in the Bible, that the son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also the son likewise. And then the exposition of the seven church ages, Brother Bram says, now notice the harmony of the father and the son. Jesus never did anything until it was first showed him by the Father. He said, now this harmony is now to exist between the groom and his bride. He shows her his word. Oh, my. So why? Why did this message come across your path? Because he shows her. He's not out there showing just anybody, but he's showing it to his bride. What is he doing? He's making known who you are by revealing to you, by showing you his word. And if you can receive the spirit of it, then you can see your, when you know who God is, then you know who you are. 
And when you know who you are, you know that the devil belongs beneath you. And you are more than an overcomer. You are victorious because you know then that every devil in hell is underneath your feet when you know who you are tonight. Oh, church, the devil can't, he can't come across this word. And you are this word. Oh, my. He shows her his word of life. And she receives it. Brother EJ, that's why you're here. Because there was always a seed there. She, oh, listen to this. Because some of y'all need this. She never doubts it. Let's just be honest. I had my doubts, Brother Joe. I'm struggling, Brother Joe. I get it. I've been there. Had a good friend of mine call me when I first came to the message. He said, you're in a cult. Get out of that thing. Get out of that thing. They don't believe this and they don't believe in the Trinity and they don't believe in, 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 in baptism and in, in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. They do it in the name of Jesus Christ. He, I said, well, what is the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? I, I pointed him in the Bible. I said, here's his name. It's right here. This is what Jesus told him to do, to go into all the world and baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And then when I looked over in the book of Acts, I don't ever find nobody baptized in the name of Father. Nobody baptized in the name of the Holy Ghost. Nobody baptized in the name of the Son. They were all baptized in Jesus' name. And notice, church, they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost because they were ordained and baptized the correct way. So I had to get rebaptized. I got baptized in the name of the Son, the Holy Ghost, in the Baptist church. But when the word came across my path, the illumination came. I'm like, oh my, I was baptized wrong. It didn't make me a non-Christian. But there was something inside. So this has got to be done over again. I didn't get it done the right way. If I'm going to get the promise that's in Acts 2.38, then i got to do it the right way. Because this is the right way. This is the prescription. And I can only come the way according to the prescribed method. And God will only bless the prescribed method. So I had to hear the voice of the hour and not what I heard, not what I was brought up in my Baptist thinking or my Methodist thinking and all my friends. They thought I was this and that and the other. I had to put all those voices aside and say, Lord, this is the truth. Stood against a lot of my college friends. Stood against a lot of the friends I grew up with. I made a separation. Let me say it like this. God made a separation because I had ears to hear one thing. I didn't fully understand it. And there's a lot today, church, that I still don't completely understand. But I keep following. I keep listening for the voice. Because I know one day, the Holy Ghost gave me a promise, Brother Sam. He said, the Holy Ghost will lead you Brother Matt, and it will guide you into all truth, not error. The Holy Ghost will not lead you into error, but it will reveal the truth to you. But you got to lend your ear. Got to give your heart to hear the Spirit of God, hear the voice of God. Notice then, Brother Brown would say this, for if the seed be planted, the water will raise it up. Now, I know you guys are out here in a drought. You know, you're waiting on the rain, right? We passed some of these fields. They as dry as dry. But they got a machine out there in that field. 
Because they put seeds in the ground. And the only way those seeds is going to come up. Some of you need to go on. Start watering the word with your praise. And the seed that God planted on the inside will begin to come up. Well, that's against my nature. Well, I'm just sorry. Won't you just. Well, we never done that back when I was growing up. It don't matter. The season calls for it. The season calls for it. This is the time that we begin to open up our voice and give praise back to God. If He's done so much for you, and I know that He has, and that's why you're here tonight, shouldn't we be able to worship God and give God some praise and water the Word with our praise, water with our amens, water with our hallelujahs, water with a song and a dance? Shouldn't we be able to worship God and put aside everything that we ever were taught and everything that we ever thought was right or wrong and say, God, I'm here tonight. On a Saturday night, God, in an old Methodist church, Father, but I'm here to hear the voice. I'm here to worship you, Lord, in spirit and in truth. And, Lord, I want that seed tonight. I know you planted it there. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. But let that seed come to manifestation. Notice now those in the bride. How many of you bride tonight? All right. Those in the bride do only his will. No one, no one, no one, no one, not your favorite preacher, not your wife, not your son, not your husband, not your prophet, but no one can make them do otherwise. Notice what they have. They have, thus, thus saith the Lord, or they keep still. You know, it would do a lot of us a lot of good if we just kept still. But we have this thing called mouth and foot disease. I know ain't none of y'all in Kansas ever stuck your foot in your mouth. You're right. You're the only one. My, my, my. Put your hand in your mouth. Oh my. But we, we sometimes in our humanness, because we all have humanness, we insert our foot in our mouth and say, I wish I could do that over again. But when you're listening to the voice, she does only his will. She has, Thus saith the Lord, or she keeps still. She, hearing that voice and the power of the Holy Ghost, keeps the foot out of her mouth. Notice now, there is not one church age where there is not this verse that says, let he that hath an ear hear what the Spirit saith." It was admonished to every age. And if it was admonished to all those ages, it's an admonishment to us tonight. Let he that hath an ear hear what the Spirit is saying. Every single age has had the same admonition to the people of the age. See, it's the Spirit that speaks. And the Spirit takes the Word and He passes it down to the messenger of that age. And that messenger begins to break that Word, that revelation to the people. And they become the enlightenment of that age. So can I just, sis, we got all night, right? 
So I just want to share my heart. Because I knew a lot of good people when I was out in the Baptist world. A lot of, there's a lot of people that helped me personally because I was suicidal, right? I mean, I was going through a hard time. And I don't think God just pushed those people aside because they didn't receive the truth that I brought after I received this message. So I say that to say that there is a light for that age. So when Paul came, he was a light for that age. And then when that age moved on, there was a blending of ages. All right. I believe it was the Sardis age is the next age, if I'm not mistaken. Those that didn't follow over and progress with the word as it moved into the Sardis age, it didn't mean they were damned for hell. No, but there was a bride out of that Ephesian age and there was a bride out of that Sardis age, and there was a bride out of that Thyatiran age, and there was a bride out of the Philadelphian age, and out of this age, and there's a bride out of the Laodicean age. But it doesn't mean that those that lived a godly life down through those ages are damned for hell. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means that they're going to be held accountable for the light in which they knew. There's going to be a lot of good Baptists. And Sister Penny, don't take this the wrong way because I'm not calling you a Baptist, but there's going to be a lot of good Baptists with, with earrings in the other side with little holes in their ear because it's the light for their day. But where there is a new light, let he that hath an ear hear that light and progress into that light because you can't change the previous age. We can't go back and change it. And who are we to damn those that didn't have this? The Bible says there's going to be a multitude without number. A multitude. Not everybody that doesn't receive this message is going to hell. That's an error on behalf of a lot of legalistic message preachers that want to believe that. That's not the case. God is a God of mercy. He's a God of mercy. There's going to be some outside the kingdom outside the city, and there's going to be some, the elect, inside the city. I'm not saying that you're not elect. I'm saying if you hear the Spirit, it shows whether side you're on or not. Is that okay? So let him that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. What the Spirit is saying. That's what we want in this hour. I'm tired of hearing man's idea. Man's viewpoint of this. Man's viewpoint of that. But you notice the Bible would say only the elect would really know which is the true spirit. Only the elect will not be deceived. See the book of Revelations? How many know? How many of you have read the book of Revelations? How many have understood all of it? It's a book of symbols. So the book of Revelation is a, is, has more symbols in it than any of the rest of the books in the Bible. It has more symbols because it's a book of prophecy. And here's what your prophet's saying. It's a prophetic book. Therefore, it has to be understood by a prophetic class. So what is that telling you tonight? You are that prophetic class of people. 
You are the elect of this hour. You are the predestinated to overcome. You are the bride out of the Laodicean age. See, this ain't just for anybody. Not just anybody can receive this message, but I'm talking to you tonight. I believe tonight that I am preaching through the bride of Jesus Christ to those that are predestinated to hear what the Spirit has said. Those that are predestinated not to fall like the first bride fell. Those that are predestinated to be a prophetic class a special group and I didn't make you special God made you special notice you have been anointed little bride you have been anointed to hear the message of the hour you have been anointed your ears, Brother Glenn, have been anointed. Though you ain't got legs, God didn't worry about your legs. God gave you ears. And he's given you ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. He don't need your legs. He doesn't need your arms. He needs your ears. He needs your heart. He needs your spirit to say, Lord, that is thus saith the Lord. This message is the truth. I believe it, Father. And though I don't have legs, I'm going to start walking in it. I'm going to start prophesying in it. I'm going to start believing it, Lord. I'm going to start confessing it, Father, that it is thus saith the Lord. God, you don't need my hands. You don't need my feet. God, you want my heart, and I'm here to give it to you tonight. Lord, give me ears that can hear what the Spirit of God is saying. You have been anointed tonight to hear the revelation of this end time. Notice, not everybody can receive this. It's not for everybody, but it's for you. Ooh. Some of y'all should have just jumped up and ran. It's not for everybody, but it's for you. What am I telling you? You're not just everybody. You're just not anybody, but you are the elect of this age. You are the called, oh, hallelujah. You are the called out, elected, anointed to what? To be the manifestation of the word of a living God. That's what you're called to. That's what God's called you for in this hour. God's got a purpose, and that purpose is so that you will manifest this word. If you can hear that voice, oh my. Now the Bible says rain falls on the just and the unjust. And you know, we can get so beside ourselves thinking we're somebody that we criticize the unjust. But all I got to say is if the unjust can shout, if the unjust can have a revival in a college, if the unjust can get beside themselves and worship God, what about the just? What about the true? What about the called? What about the elect? What about those that have been anointed? If they can rise and because the rain's falling on them, what about the rain falling in Kansas tonight? What about the word falling tonight? We got a reason to rejoice. We got a reason to shout tonight. What the rain has fallen on the wheat tonight. And you are wheat. I'm not calling you a tear. I'm calling you sons and daughters of God. I'm calling you the bride. I'm calling you the elect. I'm calling you the anointed. That's what you are. 
Hear the voice tonight. The voice is calling you up higher. The word. It's the word that's been allotted to this age. In church. Little old you. How many of you are oh, just little old me? I'm so discouraged. Little old you have been called to manifest this word. Little old you. Little old you. You know God's going to have young people. Five years old. Eight years old. Ten years old. Fourteen years old. But they may come on a Friday or Saturday night. But all of a sudden, the voice began to speak to them. Maybe they were on that fence straddling. Can I tell you the devil owns the fence tonight? God don't put stakes down here. His stakes are up there. You got to get off the fence. You got to get off the fence. Satan owns the fence. Oh, my church. But God's going to have young people. God's going to have an old people. I ain't calling you old, but you old. It is what it is, right? But we're 18. Okay, let's call it. We're all 18, right? But God has called you in all your discouragements and all your mishaps, all your failures, and all your humanity. You're still called. And he's saying, just hear my voice. Just hear my voice. There's so many voices, Brother Glenn, in the world today. There was that voice that made a phone call to me and said, get out of there. You're in a cult. Brother Sam, it shook me. It shook me for years because I was a testifying machine. Buddy, I went back to my college, and I began to have Bible studies, and I began to witness the prophet of God and witness this message. But after that, it shut me down. I let it stop me because I listened and I entertained the voice of the enemy. And over time, and over time, I just began to study. And I wasn't a preacher at this time. I just began to study. I began to pour myself into it. I said, God, I don't want to be wrong. If this message is right, you've got to reveal to me the Word. And God just began to reveal and begin to reveal and begin to reveal. And so I was able to go back to the town I graduated college in, and I had to work in one of their hospitals. It was a ho happened to be owned by the same hospital that owned our hospital in Menden. And they needed me to come over there and help. God don't make mistakes. And so I called my buddy. He was still over there. He was still in school. He was going to his bachelor, or not a bachelor, but a doctorate program or one of them other higher educations. I said, how about you just come over to my, my apartment or my room tonight, and you and I will just kind of look at some things like we used to, because we used to take our Bibles, and we used to spar back and forth. We thought we were theologians, Brother Sam. And he was a very intellectual fella. Grew up Catholic and just very intellectual. And so I called him over there, and, and I said, you know what? You called me about a year and a half ago, and you told me I was in a cult. And you told me that Serpent's Eve was wrong, and you told me that the baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is wrong, and you told me this, and you told me that. I said, let's take the Bible tonight. Let's take the Word of God, and let's look at it. I said, I'm not even going to use what I believe is a prophet. I'm going to take the Word. And I began to take that Word, and I took them to Genesis 3. I said, oh, you said that there's not a serpent, or there's not a serpent seed, but... 
I don't know, but you're smart as I am. We're not very intelligent, but, but I'm intelligent enough to know that the Bible says I'm going to put enmity between thy seed and the seed of the serpent. So either if we read that the way in our English language, that means the serpent has a seed. I said, now does the serpent has a seed? He said, yes, the serpent has a seed. I said, then get off my back then. Because that's the Bible. That's the word. And I walked them down to Matthew 28. I said, well, you said my, my baptism is wrong. I said, I see how they prescribed it. But when we get over in the book of Acts 2 and we get in Acts 19 and we get in the book of Acts and we see the prescribed method, what Peter took, what he meant, what God meant to Peter when he told him how to do it, Peter didn't do it that way. Peter did it this way. And those that done it received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Either Peter was wrong or Peter was right. And God vindicated Peter's ministry by filling those with the Holy Ghost. I said, now, can you refute that? He said, no. I said, then get off my back then. And he walked out of my hotel room with his head between his legs. It wasn't me trying to be somebody. But I had to make sure of my calling. I had to make sure of my election. I had to know that this message was true for me. I had to hear the voice of God and not listen to the voice of man. I had to. And you got to. And you got to. And you got to. It can't be man. It has to be God. And I want you to know he's speaking tonight. Why would he drop on my heart on Wednesday morning? And I'd been praying without a thought for Saturday night. I said, Lord, what would you have me to speak? I don't really have much leadership. And just before I close, I just opened my eyes, he said, Listen to the voice. For some of you tonight, this is going to be a life-changing message. I'm telling you, this is going to change your life. Brother Glenn, last time I was here, you told me I rocked your world. I'm not here to rock worlds. I'm here to change lives. I'm here to anchor you on this word. And the only way that I can do that is be the voice of God to you tonight. And I believe that God is here. I believe that His anointing is real. I believe that God does not make mistakes. God is perfect. God is perfect. Oh my. Can we go a little further? Some of you here tonight, you have heard in your course of being a believer or a Christian, you have heard that preacher come on Sunday morning or Wednesday night or Sunday night or whatever it is and recite things that were said on the car drive to church, in your home, in the living room, talking about things, and here the Holy Ghost just comes back. And he's beginning to word by word, verbatim, speak in your conversation. It's not a mistake. It's not a mistake. It's vindication that this word is truth. See, you have received, some of you have received healing. How many of you have been healed? Sister Charity, you know, huh? Brother Glenn, I heard a couple years ago you couldn't raise your arm right there. Where is it at now? Why? Let me ask you. Why did God heal you? God healed you as a sign that you were called not just to raise your hand, but you were called to hear the voice. It was a sign to catch your attention that this word is true, church. God vindicates the word with signs fall. Hallelujah. 
He vindicated by healing. He vindicated by deliverance. He vindicates that this word is true. God does it. He says, now they went out there and they done many mighty miracles, signs following, and the Holy Ghost came behind them and vindicated their ministry. He's the same God tonight. And God does it to get your attention, to let you know you're not following the Word or following the man, but you're feeding on the body Word, the body Word of the Son of Man. This ain't a man's ministry. This is God's ministry. This is God's anointing. This is God's doing. And let me tell you, and what God is doing, Satan can't undo tonight. You can't unhear this word tonight. It's going to resonate. Every day it's going to resonate. Hear the voice. Hear the voice. When you're tiptoeing around and you don't know if this word is true, you're hearing that voice. It's going to resonate. Hear the voice. Hear what Brother Joe spoke on Saturday night. That was not Brother Joe. That was more than just a man. That was a voice of, that was my voice speaking to you. I was telling you that this word is true. I was telling you that you belong to the assembly of God. God healed you to show you that is true. You know what? I've never seen healing in the Baptist church. I got a great friend of mine. He's a Baptist pastor. Wiley, my best friend, Brother Sam. We go turkey hunting together. We go deer hunting together. You know what? He loves me for who I am, and I love him for who he is. He can't be me, and I can't be him. But we got on a debate one time turkey hunting. We just backed up to each other. And I was beginning to talk to him about Sister Lana Buss's testimony. Y'all heard the testimony of Sister Lana? Stage four, stage four, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. The whole side of her lung was black with cancer. And all of a sudden, one service, at the end of the service, we begin to sing, leaning on the everlasting arms, leaning on Jesus. Oh, something just resonated. She heard the voice, Sister Charity. And she jumped up out of her little place sack in the back in the mezzanine and began to dance around the church. Began to dance around the church. And I said, God miraculously healed her. And he, let, he looked at me and says, you really believe that? I said, the Bible tells me that the healing is a children's bread. The Bible says that by his stripes, I am already healed. He says, well, we don't believe it quite like that. We believe that if it's the Lord's will to heal, he will heal. I said, it is the Lord's will to heal. I'm the Lord's son. I got promises. He said, he'll bless me in the city. He'll bless me in the field. He'll bless me coming in. He'll bless me going, hallelujah. He'll bless me going out. He'll bless me when I'm sick in body. He will bless me when I finances is low. He will bless me. Why? Because I'm a son of God. I got rights to the promise of God. And ain't no slick tongue devil going to take those rights away from me. We got rights tonight, church. But hear the voice telling you those rights. And tell that old slew foot devil to back up and get away. Because you got the authority through the word of God, through the anointing of this hour, to back up every devil. And tell that devil, I rebuke you tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Notice now. Let me bring this out. My, my, my. I'm having a good time, Brother Sam. He, she. Come on, he and she. Me, there you go. 
me that hath an ear, let me hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Notice here that Jesus, by the Spirit, in every age, addresses himself to only one person. Because he knew that if two people can't see eye to eye, Brother Sam, you and I can look at the same thing and we'll have two different stories. You'll have your perspective, I'll have my perspective. But he says now at him, to relative to the word for that age, only one messenger for each age receives what the Spirit has to say to that age. And that one messenger is the messenger to the true church. He speaks for God by the revelation to the churches, both true and false. The message is then broadcast to all, but though it be broadcast for all, he says, now all who to come within range of the message, that message is, is received individually only by a certain qualified group in a certain way. Each individual of that group is one who has the ability to hear. To hear what the Spirit is saying by the way of the messenger. Those who hear are not getting their own private revelation. Nor is it a group getting their collective revelation. But each person is hearing and receiving what the messenger has already received from God. So I want to focus on something before we start bringing this down. Those who hear are not getting their own private interpretation. So when Brother Sam, Brother Matt, and myself listen to the choosing of a bride, if our spirit is right, we're all hearing the same thing. Okay? Because it's one messenger. It's one spirit. He's speaking. And we're not getting our own private revelation of choosing of a bride. Notice now, but each person, when it goes back up, he says now, nor is it a group getting a collective revelation. So the three of us get together and we come up with our own idea. This is what we believe the prophet meant. This is what we believe the angel meant. It's not a collective revelation. See, but each person is hearing and receiving what the messenger has already received from God. And Paul said, if any man preach any other gospel than what I preach, let him be accursed. There's not another message. We're preaching Paul's message. We're preaching Luther's message. We're preaching Wesley's message. We're preaching Pentecost's message. We're preaching the message of the hour. So those who are hearing are not getting their own private revelation, or collective revelation. So I ask you this. Why are there the Baptist Assembly, the Methodist Assembly, the Nazarene Assembly, the Pentecostal Church? How many of you believe, or how many of you know how many denominations are in the world? 45,000 different denominations. One messenger. One voice, 45,000 different interpretations of that word. Why is there a thunder group? Why is there a Perugia group? Why is there a two souls group? Why is there a return group? Why are there all these different revelations 
if we don't have our own private interpretation or revelation. Because men are not hearing the voice. Because if you're hearing the voice, it's going to be the same. Same thing Paul taught is the same thing you're going to believe tonight. Same thing Wesley taught is the same thing you're going to believe tonight. You're going to believe. You're going to believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. You're going to believe in one God, not like your finger, but three different offices. You're going to have an understanding of the Godhead because you're going to receive it. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one, not three, one. And all that you do in word and deed, do it in the name of what? Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. One name. One name under heaven whereby all men shall be saved. One name. One name. One revelation. One spirit. One truth. All church. One baptism. Not five, six, seven, eight different baptisms. One baptism. One Holy Ghost. Oh my. So I ask you tonight, could all these be hearing the same voice? Could they all be hearing the same voice and have their own idea? It's not possible. It's not possible. So if, if they're not hearing the voice, and if they're not the genuine, there is a genuine out there. And if I reached in my pocket tonight and handed you a counterfeit $100 bill, you wouldn't want it. It's counterfeit. But that, gen, that counterfeit $100 bill was made off a genuine $100 bill. See, devil, the devil's all he's done is made a copy of Christianity, made a copy of religiousness, of religious covering, so people can just appease their conscience. But for the bride... She's hearing the voice. She's hearing the voice. And another she will not follow. 45,000 different denominations. And we're preaching what Paul preached. We're baptizing the way Paul baptized. We believe the serpent seed like Paul preached the serpent seed. Oh my. Oh my. See, the bride speaks the same word as does the Spirit. She is a word bride, proven she has a Spirit. In every church age, we hear these words. He that hath a Spirit, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. See, the bride speaks the same word as does the Spirit. She is the word bride, proving that she has a Spirit. And he says, now, if you have the Spirit, you will hear the word for your age as the true Christians took the word for their age. See, the bride is not saying something different. She's not saying something contrary to the Spirit, but she is saying exactly what the Spirit is saying. She is saying exactly what the Word is saying. She is saying, by my stripes, I'm already healed. That's the Word. See, where the word says we shall speak in tongues, where the word says we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, where the word says they shall take up serpents and they shall not harm them, where the word says they shall drink any deadly thing and they shall not harm them, she is saying the same thing. She's not saying Mark 16 is over. She's saying 
that the same God that instituted Mark 16 is present today. And he's here today. Church, I'm a witness. I've cast out devils, not by my own human ability, but by the spirit of God in me, because we have been given authority over that region, that region of darkness. You have been given the authority over it tonight. And the only thing that God is wanting you to do. And the thing that God is looking for you to do is speak the word over that thing that's been tormenting you. That thing that's been troubling you. That thing that's been kind of discouraging you. You speak the word over tonight because you're not speaking your word. You're speaking his word. And you're not lying to the masses. You're confessing what the word has already declared you to be. By his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes, I am delivered. By his stripes, I received the word of the hour. By his stripes. Now, as I bring this to a close, I got a lot to go, but we're just going to bring this down. We find here in Revelations 10, John is a type of the bride. And we find in Revelations 10, the Bible would tell us, I saw another mighty angel. But it says, in the days of the voice. In the days of the voice. So if there's a voice, there's got to be those that have ears that can hear that voice. The voice of what the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, then the mystery of God should be finished as he has declared unto his servants the prophets. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me, and he said, Go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel, which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel, and I said unto him, Give me the little book. Some of you wondering why you hadn't progressed? Because you hadn't taken the book. He's got the book. The book is open. He's handing it out. All you got to do is come and take it. Take the book. It's your promise. In the days of the voice of the seventh angel. And it says now, and he said unto me, take it, eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter. But it shall be that thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and I ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And notice, and he said unto me, thou must prophesy again. You can only prophesy what you hear. The spirit and the bride are saying the same thing. Not something different. Not something contrary. Not something elevates herself and draws people to herself. She's not kingdom building, but she's working on the kingdom of God. See, the seventh angel didn't sound with his own message. He sounded with the message of Almighty God. But he didn't want that message just to remain with the seventh angel. The book is open. Now it's your turn. Come, take the book. Hear what I'm telling you. Take the book, eat the book, and begin to prophesy. Prophesy what you're hearing. Speak what you're hearing. Oh, my church. Oh, my. Oh, my. He said, take it. See, I declare to you tonight that there's a bride in the land and she's taking the book. And let me just say this. Maybe you hadn't taken it. 
but tonight ain't over. Maybe, maybe you hadn't taken full possession, but the night's not over. I said, Brother Joe, why are you kind of preaching over here? Because there's more of y'all over here. Just so y'all know, y'all don't be feeling like you're preaching against me. No. There's more of y'all over here than there is over there. But take the book. Eat the book. Become the book. Digest the book. Prophesy the book. Let me tell you, when you start speaking this word, the devils on hell have to back up. You recognize you have been given the authority over the enemy. See, this bride is taking the book, and now she is prophesying before many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. Why? Because the voice of the seventh angel is now in her. She has become the final voice to the final age. See, it's not just a prophet's voice, because we can get hung up on a prophet, but it wasn't ever about the prophet. But if you're out, if you only heard the voice of William Branham, you missed it. But if you can hear the voice behind the voice, then you recognize God's called you for something greater. Brother Brown will say it was anointed man, but now it's the anointed people. He said, deity's not in heaven. Deity's in you tonight. Oh, my. Take that word. Put it on your lips. And he said, it's the same. Think about it. It's the same as deity speaking. You take this word and you place it on your lips. It's the same as Jesus Christ speaking. Why? Because you're saying the same thing. Because you've heard the voice. Now, as we begin to shut this down, let me get to where I want to go. Because I'm past time. My timer done went off and I am not even worried about it. Notice. There's so many voices in the land today vying for your attention. We got iPads, we got iPhones, we got TVs, we got computers, we got Snapchat, WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, we got, I mean, Telegram. There's all kinds of little social media things. If you can't communicate today, you deaf and dumb. Because there's every imaginable source and they're all vying for your attention. Some of us spend more time on Facebook than we do in the book. And we find here that there's voices that are vying for your attention. Hollywood, vying for your attention to influence your kids. To come and influence your marriage. To influence your morals. Hollywood is trying to get in. Hollywood's knocking on the door. And if we're not careful, we can deaden the voice of the supernatural by inviting these other voices in. See, there's so many voices, Brother Ram said, that's in the world today that it's absolutely a hard thing because it deadens the voice of the supernatural. Oh, church, may this church never deaden the voice of the supernatural. You may not agree with it, but just sit there until God makes it known to you. The emotion, the emotion may bother you. The excitement may bother you. The shouting, it may get to you. But just sit there. Don't judge it. Say, God, help me. Help me to discern the humanity.
from the voice. Remember, Brother Branham was set there one time. They was out on the floor with that wash pan, bang a lang a lang a lang a lang and they were dancing out there in the spirit, you know, just cutting up. And he got in the seat of the scornful. Your prophet. What a man can tell you that I sat there and I was passing judgment on them. I thought they were wrong. But he know what he said. What if I'm right? Or what if they're right and I'm wrong? And he began to search the Bible and begin to pray, and God showed them that dancing was a sign of victory. Oh, church, I'm not criticizing you tonight. I'm just saying, come get some of this victory. Come and get some of this victory. You know, think about it. Moses, he was God's voice to that age. Moses did many signs and wonders. He called down ten plagues. He opened the Red Sea. He rained down manna. There did this. And he spoke to a rock and he hit it and water came out of it. He did many things. But there still rose a Dathan and a cord that didn't believe. But those that heard the voice made it to the promised land. And if you listen to the voice tonight, church, you'll make it to the promised land. There was a, two attorneys as I begin to close this out tonight. My, my, my. You are a wonderful group to preach to. I got to come back again. Sorry, Brother Sam. I just invited myself back. Woo, man, this has been good for me. I've enjoyed it. My, my, my. Two attorneys were in Alaska. True story. True story. This is David Gibbs. He's a Christian law. Uh, he's a Christian law attorney, but he's also a pastor. He was over in Alaska. They was working in the Aleutian Islands, getting ready to leave to go back to Anchorage and then home. And he had a ticket in his pocket to go from the Aleutian Islands to fly back to Anchorage. And he was going to fly home to see his family. And there was a pastor there with him. And he came up to him. He says, listen, I can save you a lot of money. I mean, who don't want to save money, right? He says, okay, how can you do that? He says, well, he says, I flew a small plane here and I fly a small plane around the Aleutian Islands. And he goes, I can fly you back to Anchorage. Won't cost you anything, save you some money. Then you can, you know, go home from there. He says, okay. He said, you know, he thought about it for a minute and against his better judgment, he agreed. And so he debated it and he finally agreed. And they went out to the airport and he took him by the little plane, you know, I don't know. I don't know much about planes, but he kind of like us. He looked at it. He said, oh, well, it's nice and shiny. It must fly. I mean, it's clean. It's nice. At least it keeps a clean plane, right? So he just thought about it's shiny, and they walked around, and they got in. The pastor got in, and uh, David Gibbs got in the front, and there was another attorney. He jumped in the back, and, you know, they, they buckled in, and they taxied out on the runway. And as they taxied out, David, Jer or David Gibbs said, you know, should we pray? And the pastor now, he says, you know what? I don't normally pray, but if you want to, that's fine. So he says, well, we're praying this time. You know, so they prayed and he bowed their head and they prayed. And so they get out on the runway and the pastor starts down the runway of their plane, the pilot. And the plane begins to lift off, Brother Sam. How many have been in a plane? Don't you just love it when it lifts off? Landing's always tough. But that lift off, like, oh, man, it's nice. We're leaving this dimension. Woo! We're leaving this atmosphere. Satan, you can't hold me down here no more. You start lifting off, and they started lifting, and they started flying for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And they started getting into the clouds, and the pilot looked over at me and says, Look, I can't fly in the clouds. He said, What? He goes, I can't fly in the clouds. They make me pass out. 
He said, they've been flying about 15 to 20 minutes, and it's been cloudy all day. And so they get up and they begin to get into the clouds, Brother Sam. And he said, the pilot's eyes begin to roll back and he began to mumble. Blah, blah, blah. And he's out. So here he is, the attorney in the back's like, we're dead, aren't we? And he said, there's a good chance of it. He said, there's a good chance. He said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? He goes, get on the radio. So the one in the back gets on the radio. He goes, hello, hello, hello. They didn't have any airplane etiquette. They didn't know what they were doing. They just knew that they didn't have a pilot. And they were they didn't know how to fly the plane. They didn't know anything. And so a freight liner guy got on a, you know, one of the big 747s. And he came in. He says, do you guys not have any airplane etiquette? He says, we don't have anything. We don't even have a pilot. Our pilot's passed out. And we don't know how to fly this plane. He says, you're telling me you got a passed out pilot and you don't know how to fly. He says, I'm telling you, we got a passed out pilot and neither one of us know how to fly this plane. He says, oh boy. He says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to start circling around. He goes, because if I fly out of range, you'll lose me. He goes, I'm going to start circling around and I'm going to contact Anchorage, Alaska, era." Air Anchorage or whatever it is. And they're going to be the ones that's going to help you get home. And he says, okay, I appreciate that. Thank you for doing that. And, you know, here they are, these two attorneys. One's a preacher and they're sweating bullets. I mean, they're sweating. They're in a plane 20,000 feet above sea level or above, you know, and they're in the clouds. They can't see. And they got a passed out pile. And the radio, or excuse me, he says, now, he says, the first thing I'm going to have to do is I'm going to start circling around so I don't lose you. And I'm going to contact Anchorage Emergency for you. And they'll be the people that will try to help save your life and try to help get you home. And about five minutes past, it's probably the longest five minutes of their life. And you're probably thinking, this has been the longest service of my life. About five minutes, Anchorage came on and said, we understand that you have a passed out pilot and you don't know how to fly the plane. And, and David said, yes, that is correct. He says, well, the first thing that we got to do is we got to find you. I want you to start honing in here. He goes, now, this is Anchorage emergency. He told me, he says, my job is to get you home safe. But here's the deal. If you want me to get you home safe, you got to promise me one thing. You got to promise me that you will listen to my voice. You got to promise me. He goes, he said, you can't see me, but I can see you. Oh, my church. You can't see me, but I can see you. And you got to promise me if you want to get home, then you got to listen to my voice. He's, you know, he's not thinking, man, do I really got to do this? I mean, really? You know, he probably had a knowing voice. Sometimes that's how carnal we get. He didn't debate whether he needed to or not. He knew that without that voice, he wasn't making it home. And I'm telling you tonight, church, without this voice, without this voice, you won't make it home. It is the voice of safety. 
The man came back in from Anchorage and he said, finally, he goes, I found you. Now hear me clear. He goes, you're about four minutes from a mountain. He goes, you're going to crash into that mountain and you're going to die. Because I want you to follow me now. I want you to follow me. See, he understood that the voice was all that he had. He didn't have anything else. He had no other safety. Four minutes in front of him was a mountain and he was about to crash into it. He needed that voice more than that voice needed him. And I'm telling you tonight, you need this voice more than that voice needs you. Because you're flying and you think everything's great, but you don't have a pilot and you can't see where you're going. And he can see you and you can't see him and right ahead of you is a mountain and you're about to destruct. Don't debate this voice. Just listen to it. And he finally says, I'm going to freeze all traffic in the area. So he froze all the traffic and about an hour and a half went by. Imagine, man, just time. Now they're circling. They're trying to get back home, Brother Sam. They passed the mountain. He goes, there's a lot of bad weather between you and Anchorage. He goes, you're going to be in for a rough ride. He goes, but I want you to hear me now. I don't want you to look at what's going on on the outside. I don't want you to pay attention to the storm that you're going through. I just want you to listen to my voice. He said, if you start watching the storm, you'll die. He goes, but I will take you through the storm. See, bride, don't watch the storms around you. Don't be all afraid about what Russia's doing and Iran is doing and these different ones and all the political chaos and everything. Don't pay attention to the storms that are going on in your own life. Just listen to the voice. So he cleared all the traffic and then all these other planes, these freight liners and 747s begin to come on the radio. We're praying for you guys. Listen to the voice. They'll get you home. See, that's the key. Just trust the voice. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you got men that can come in and they can encourage the church. Just listen to the voice. Oh, they come from Louisiana. They come from Texas. They come from Oklahoma. They come. What are they doing? They're encouraging you. The voice is the key. It's the way home. Just listen to the voice. It'll get you there. Just stay with it. Don't look at what's going on around you. Just follow the voice. Hear the voice. Do you realize that your voice, even you as bride, your head is full of voices? And no doubt in their mind, the devil said, you dummy, I told you you shouldn't have got on this plane. You dummy, you shouldn't have said it like that. How dare you treat somebody like that? You should have known better. Look at your family. Look at this. You're going to die a disgrace. You're going to die a horrible death. So many voices. And just, let me just drop this in for you that don't preach. It's probably not a service that we preach as ministers that there's not voices following us home saying you should have said this. Look at you. You did that. Nobody's going to receive that word. Voices vying for your attention. Trying to get you to self-destruct. Trying to be that controlling voice in your life. But he said, my sheep hear my voice. So they went through the worst of the weather, of the storm. And the voice came back on the radio. He goes, now, he goes, you're through the storm. He goes, you're close. He goes, I'm going to line you up and I'm going to bring you right down the runway. Oh, I like this, what I'm seeing right now. As I look right here, there's a runway. 
right up here. He says, at the end of the runway are going to be some lights in the form of the cross. He said, remember, the cross is the way home. He goes, I'm going to bring you right down the runway. And he kept saying, stay with me. Even though you can't see me, even though you don't feel me, just stay with me. I'm bringing you home. I'll bring you down. And so there they are. They're about a couple hundred feet above the ground. And they finally got just below the clouds. And now they can see the runway. They can see the lights. They can see the cross. And the attorney, he landed that plane. And he said, in fact, I landed it seven times. It just bounced down the runway. You know, that's how, that's how we feel sometimes. Sometimes you deliver your heart and it feels like you just bounced all around that assembly. But you, and as soon as that plane came to a stop, the pilot woke up. What's going on? So he woke up. And the voice came back on and says, thanks for listening. He goes, I watched them crash and burn all the time because they won't follow my voice. He says, they don't understand that I'm the one who can see them and they can't see me. But they get these other voices in their head and they kill themselves. They self-destruct. And he said, thanks for listening to my voice. And sometimes, church, if you're not careful, you get in your head thinking you can be a good Christian and stay at home. But the voice doesn't say that. The voice says, forsake not the assembling together. Don't forsake this. This is where you draw strength. This is where you draw support. This is where you can know that you got brothers and sisters praying for you and praying with you. Don't isolate yourself and hear all these other voices. He said, the, he said they finally, after it was all said and done, they took him to a hotel room. It was about 4 o'clock in the morning, and they come and knock on the door. Imagine how exhausted the stress level. And here's a knock on the door. Four o'clock in the morning, and the man's standing at the door, and he says, hello, David. And he said, you're the voice. He said, yes, I'm the voice. He goes, you're the one. You're the voice that got me home. He says, I'm the voice that got you home. One day, church, you're going to stand before him. And you're given an opportunity tonight. And say, you're the voice that got me home. You're the voice that I've been hearing ringing out. Don't go that way. Don't go that way. And we wonder why our kids crash and burn. And we wonder why marriages are shattered. And we wonder why people commit suicide. And we wonder why people are so depressed and full of anxieties. Because they're not listening to the voice. Notice the voice says, stay with me. I want the musicians to come. And Jesus will tell us in John 14, 6, that I am the way. There's no argument to that. Either you're a Christian and you believe this word, that I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Don't listen to the other voices. Don't be distracted by what's going on around you. Be a David and encourage yourself in the Lord.
Don't listen to what's going on in your head. Don't pay attention to the storms that are going on in your life. Play that song, I Feel the Pool. Stay with me. And I'm asking you tonight, just for a few more minutes, stay with me. That voice is speaking to you, telling you, I'll be the one. You've not heard the voice of Joe Adams tonight, but you heard the voice behind the voice. I'm the one that'll get you home. You can't see me, but I can see you. I want you to just bow your heads for a minute. Maybe that's you tonight. You say, Brother Joe, I've listened to so many voices. Well, Joe, I've pulled away and I've done this and I thought this and I've listened to this and I've I listened to the complex. I listened to the lie of the enemy. But tonight, Brother Joe, I've heard that voice. And that voice is pulling. That voice is drawing. That voice is telling you, I can see you. I can see your hand. That's lifted before God right now. I can see your hand in the back. And your hand in the back. I can see your hands lifted. I can see your hand right here in the front. I can see you. Even though you can't see me. So I want you to hear my voice. I'll be your protection. I'll be your anchor. I'll be your tie post. I'll be your resolute. So, Brother Joe, I've been listening to the voice of depression. I've been listening to the voice of discouragement. I've been listening to complexes, and I don't feel like I fit in anywhere with anybody. I've been listening to the voice of suicide and even contemplated taking my own life. I've been distracted by reasonings and doubts. And, Brother Joe, I'll be honest with you tonight, I've even... I've even had my doubts about this message. Is it true or not? Is it really the voice of God for this hour? Maybe that's you, church. Maybe that's you tonight. I'm going to give you an opportunity. The altar is open. The voice is speaking. I feel the pull tonight. I've been listening to the world, Brother Joe, and I've been doing things that I shouldn't. I've been listening to fear and giving fear, nervousness and anxiety and, and I don't have any joy and no peace. Everything's been stripped away and I've been robbed. But I believe that the voice behind the voice is present tonight. And I believe church is present to meet your need. And I'm going to invite you tonight just for a few minutes. If that's you tonight and you want deliverance and you want victory and you want the peace of God, Hear the voice. Listen to the voice. You don't have to stay bound by depression. That's a lie of the devil. You don't have to struggle with suicidal thoughts. That's a lie of the enemy. You don't have to doubt, have doubts whether this word is true or not. God can give you that assurance tonight. He can become a personal God. He can become a living voice. And he can give you a personal revelation tonight. You don't have to struggle another day. To whether the Holy Ghost is for you or not. You don't have to struggle another day with the vices of the world. You can be free tonight, church. 
I ask you, won't you come tonight? The altar is open. Just take a little time and let's dedicate our hearts and our lives to the Lord. Say, Brother Joe, I'm getting out of my seat. I heard the voice tonight. I'm going to make my way to the altar. And I'm just going to dedicate my life to God tonight. I've allowed myself to be discouraged by listening to the ideas of man and thoughts of man and thoughts of this and thoughts of that. But I'm coming here. I'm going to lay at the altar tonight and I'm going to talk it over with God. I'm going to talk it over with Him tonight. God bless you, sister and sister. This is your moment. Just cry out to God right now. and Just plead your heart before God. Won't you just come, church? He's calling. I feel the pull. I feel the call. Something is drawing you. He's trying to draw you out of your doubts. Trying to draw you out of your fears. He's trying to draw you from that depression, that tormenting spirit. He's trying to draw you out of that state of discouragement. He's here. Would you listen to the voice tonight? He's drawing you away from all these other voices. And He's drawing you to Himself. He says, I go to prepare. I go to prepare another place, another house, another dwelling for you. And if it were not so, I would have told you. He said, but where I am, I want you there with me. I'm coming. I'm coming for you. I've gone to prepare a place for you. But you got to hear my voice tonight. Father, what a sweet presence we have felt here tonight, Lord. And Lord, I have to apologize for going so long, but I just felt your anointing just come and sweep in, Lord, that you had something special that you wanted to share with the church tonight. And God, you would tell them that they that have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit saith. And Lord, I believe that there's those that are here tonight and these that are even at the altar right now, they have heard and they have responded. And they have moved and they have put actions. As your prophet would speak, Lord, he says, hearing, receiving, and acting, Lord, upon the word that they heard. Lord, and I would pray tonight that you would bless this little congregation, Father. Those that are present and those that are on the stream that couldn't be here. God, may you break the shackles off their life, Lord. Though you break the sicknesses off their life and COVID and whatever other things that would try to hinder them, Lord, and man-made ideas, Lord God, break those things off tonight. And may they hear the voice of God. God, just ask that you move tonight. May you move even here right now, Lord. It's the waning moments of this service. May you minister to hearts. May you minister to lives, Lord. May you bless your people. Bless this little church, Father. May you endure it with your power, with your authority, with the lively hope. Oh God, that this word is truth, Lord. This word is Jesus Christ. He's been made flesh in our lives. He's overcoming, Lord, the snares of the world. And I believe there's a man, I believe there's a woman here tonight that he's overcoming in because they've heard the voice. Thank you, Lord, we ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen.
Lord, fill the pool. I hear the call. And I know His Spirit's moving me to give my all. He speaks to me. Oh, yes. And I agree. Lord, please come and take control. I feel the pull. Oh, I feel the pull. I hear the call. And I know His Spirit's moving me to give my all. He speaks to me. Oh, and I I agree, Lord, please come and take control. I feel the Lord sing, I feel the Lord. I hear the call and I know your spirit's moving me to give my all he speaks to me to me and I agree, I agree, Lord, please come and take control. I feel the pull, oh, I feel the Oh, 
and our glory. All you breathe in and know all and I feel the Lord, please come and take control. I feel the All-star find their way at the sound of your great name. They find their rest. Oh, at the sound of your great name, the sick are healed and the dead are raised. Oh, at the sound of your great name, he has to flee, oh, at the sound of your greatness. Jesus, oh, worthy is the last that was slain for us, the Son of God and Master. You are high and lifted up, and all the world will praise your great name. All the weak find their strength, oh, at the sound. Of your great name, hungry souls receive out at the sound of your great name, oh Jesus, oh worthy is the land that was slain. For us, the Son of God and man, you are high and lifted up, and all the world will praise your great Fatherless, they find their rest. Oh, at the sound of your great name, the sick are healed, and the dead are raised. Oh, at the sound 
Jesus, oh, worthy is the Lamb that was slain for us, the Son of God and man, for I lifted up, and all the world will praise your great name. The fatherless find their rest at the sound of your great name. Sick are healed, and the dead are raised. My great Jesus, oh, worthy is the Lamb that was slain for us, the Son of God, for I am lifted up, and all the world will praise your great your great I will praise you in this storm, and I will lift my hands, for you are who you are, no matter where I am. Left my son, you never left my son. And though my heart was full, I will praise you in this storm. Well, I was sure by now, God, you would have reached out. And wiped all our tears away. You stepped in and saved the day. And once again, oh, I say amen. And it's still raining. 
Oh, as the thunder rolls, I fairly hear you whisper through I'm with you. Oh, and as in mercy falls, I raise my hands and I praise the God who gives and takes away. Well, I'll praise you in this storm and I'll lift my hands. For you are no matter where I For every tear I cry, for you hold in your hand. You never left us and though my heart is torn, oh, it's torn. I will praise you in this so Well, I remember when I'd stumbled in the wind. You heard my cry, you, and you raised me up again. Well, my strength is almost gone. Oh, how could I carry on if I can't find you? Oh, but as the thunder rolls, I'll barely hear you whisper through the rain. I'm with you. Oh, and as your mercy falls, I'll raise my hands and I praise the God who gives and takes Well, I'll praise you in this door and I'll lift my hands for you are Every tear I cry, Lord, you hold in your hands. You never left my side, and though my heart was torn, my heart is torn. I will praise you in this storm. I lift my eyes. I lift my eyes unto the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven. I lift my eyes unto the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. The maker of praise you in this storm, and I will lift my hand, for you are who you are, no matter where I am. Oh, every tear I cry, Lord, you hold in your hand. 
never left my side, and though my heart is torn, oh, I will praise you in this storm. I will, I'll praise you in this storm. Oh, I will, I'll praise you Sing it again to it. Oh, I will praise you. I will praise you. Oh, so I praise you in this storm, and I will lift my hands, for you are who you are, no matter where I am, and every tear I've cried, Lord, you hold in your hands, you've never left my side, and though my heart is Oh, oh, I praise you in this storm. The more I seek you. The more I find you, the more I find you, the more I love you, the more the more I find you, the more I find you, the more I find you, the more I love you. I want to sit. Oh, I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hands, hear your words in my ears, feel your heartbeat. This love is so real, and it's more than I can stand. I rest in your peace. It's overwhelming. The more I seek you, the more I seek you, the more I find you. 
the more I find you. Oh, the more I find you, the more I hear you, the more I love you, the more I seek you. Sing it again. Oh, the more I seek you. Yes, Jesus. The more I find you. Oh, the more I find you. The more I love you. I want to sit. Oh, I want to sit at your feet. In your heart, it's more than I can stand. I rest in your peace, it's overwhelming. Yes, Lord, it's overwhelming. He is here. Hallelujah. He is here. Amen. He is here to save my again. He is here to save my Sing out your name. He is here. And you can't touch him. You will never be the same. He is here. Hallelujah. He is here, amen, oh, He is here, holy, holy, I will bless His name once again, He is here. Listen closely. He is here, hallelujah, he 
is here. Amen. He is here. Holy, holy, I will bless his name again. He is here, just listen closely, hear him calling out your name. He is here, you can touch him, you will never you are the love of my life. You are the hope that I cling to. You me so much more than this world to me. I wouldn't trade you for silver or gold. No, I wouldn't trade you for riches untold. You are, you are. You are, sing, you are my everything. You are the love of my life. You are the hope that I see to you. And you mean so much more than this world. To me, I wouldn't trade you for silver or gold. I wouldn't trade you for riches untold. You are, you are my enemy. So surround me, O Lord. Oh, surround me, O Lord. Oh, surround me, O Lord. And let your presence Feel this place, yes, around me, oh Lord, I bless your name, surround me, oh Lord, hallelujah, surround me, oh now let your presence fill this place. One more time, sing, surround me, O oh Lord. 
Oh, surround me, oh, Lord, surround me, oh, Lord, and let your presence fill this place. Because of who you are, I give you glory. Sing because of who you are, I give you Because of who you are, I will lift my voice and say, Lord, I worship you because of you are my Jehovah Jireh. Oh, my Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah on you reign, Lord, you reign in victory. Jehovah Shalom, oh God, you're my of peace and I worship you because of who you are and I worship you because of who you are oh because of who you are I give you glory Oh, because of who you are, I give you praise. Oh, because of who you are, I will my voice and I say, Lord, I worship you because of who you are. My Jehovah child. I and I worship you because you are God. Because of who you are, Lord, I worship you because of who that made in mind. We get Jehovah
and I worship you because of you are. And I worship you because of who you are. Amen. Enjoy the presence of the Lord here tonight. Don't have to him, Brother Joe put an exclamation point or a the end at the end of a sermon. Let the Holy Ghost come in and confirm it. Let you know whether it's right or not. Your heart is declaring right now who's in this room right now. This isn't some emotion. This isn't something put on. It's the Holy Ghost, the pillar of fire moving through the room right now. Your senses, your heart declares it. Still some of you here that won't yield your life to him. You're crying out to him. Don't leave. Don't leave. What are you waiting for? God is very merciful. Let's bow our heads tonight. Dear precious Lord Jesus, Lord, I keep hearing that cry, Lord. I keep feeling that pull, Lord. Lord, have mercy on them. Whatever it is that's keeping them in their seat, God, whatever is keeping them bound up in what they're in, God, have mercy. I beg you, Lord Jesus, with all my heart, have mercy, Lord. Move on the scene for them right now, Lord. Set them free, God. Satan, I come against you in the power of the Holy Ghost. House of hell, give way to the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're defeated in every demon that works under you. I curse you. You're in a fix to the Holy Ghost. I bind you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, have mercy. God, have mercy. Please, God, have mercy. Oh, we appreciate you so much here tonight, Lord. This isn't man's idea. This isn't man's intellectualism. This isn't man's understanding, Lord. This is, just like Paul said, it's been confirmed to the power and manifestation of the Holy Ghost, Lord. Oh, we love you so much, Jesus. What a mighty God you are, Lord, and more and more facets and attributes of your character that we see of you, Lord. We just fall more and more and more in love, God. How beautiful you are, Lord Jesus. How great you are amongst your people, Lord. And as mighty as you are, Lord, that's that part that we see. But when you get into the heart of a believer and that believer starts to shine your light, Lord God, we see more of you. Lord, we just want to say right now, I want to see more of you, Lord God. In this room, I want your Holy Ghost to move with such freedom and, and such liberty, Lord God. There not be one spirit, not one hang up, not one burn, not one callous, not one offense, not one root of bitters that would stop you whatsoever, Lord. We want you to have your way here and your people, Lord. We give you the preeminence, Lord. Your prophet taught us that's what you long for, is to have the preeminence amongst your body, Lord. We give you the preeminence. We say, not our will, but thine be done. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for bringing Brother Joel. We thank you for putting that on his heart, Lord, this past week. Lord, these aren't things I could have told him. Satan will easily tell anybody here that got hit that, oh, just Sam told him that or Matt told him that. But, but Lord, he done declared it. You done put this on his heart before he ever even got here because you are truly the Word. You are the prophet. You're the one that discerns the thoughts and the intents of the heart, dividing down not just something topical, not just something on the outside appearance, but go right down the very heart, the very fabric, the very molecule, the very atom of any situation. 
and you do all things well, Lord. Lord, this seed that's been planted, this cry, this, 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 this battle cry that's been screamed out right in this little town here tonight. Lord, what a mighty God that's instilling faith through your word and your people, Lord. And, and how scared the house of hell must be right now because that light got a whole lot brighter tonight. Lord, what a confirmation of your word. Lot of, lot, what a vindication. We appreciate you so much, Lord. We appreciate you so much. Pray you give strength to our brother tonight, Lord, that when he might wake up in the morning, he'd feel more, and more invigorated, more fired up, more fueled up for the service and, and that of, of 30 young men, Lord God. Your word declares that you are the kind of God that does that. When you have a need for a servant, run 40 miles, carry uh, so many ton gates, 40 miles, whatever it might be, you're the God that still creates paradoxes. Give him strength. Bless him, Lord. Bless his family. Lord, help us tonight to not just be hearers only. To not just be hearers only. To just come in one ear and go out the other ear. But Lord, let us grab hold that. Let's put our name on that and stamp our hearts to Christ, our desire and decree and say, Lord, that's mine and I will be a doer of your word. And I will never be the same. We appreciate you so much. We love you so much, Lord. Bless our brothers and sisters as we go our separate ways. And we love you for your mercy to your people. Bring us back in the morning, Lord, even more expecting, even more longing, even more desiring, even more of a heart burning. Say, i got to have more of you, Lord. Help us, we pray. Be with us as we go our separate ways. Keep us safe as we travel to and from, Lord. And we give you all the glory and honor and praise, the most beautiful and precious thing. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed tonight. Sing that as we go.